Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Glory be to God. Um, so I, I want to welcome you to this very special program. You are here because... God wants you to be here. And um, every move of God has both macro and micro implications. As important as the coming of Jesus Christ was, it was also very personal. And so Jesus could say to someone, I saw you under a victory. And you wonder, the Son of God is on the earth, and the whole earth is his priority. But yet, he still had time to see someone under a victory. So I want you to know that you're not here by accident. God sees you. God knows you're here. And he's going to meet you at the point of your need. Listen, the Bible says, the expectation of a righteous man shall not be cut short. Do you believe that? And God always does exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. I want you to know that this move of God is going to stand the test of time. Say loud amen if you believe. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to share just something very simple with you. I will pray with you and then a few miracles will happen. Yeah. And then I'll be out of here. I have a flight to catch to Abuja. Just pray for strength for me. Amen. John chapter 21 from verse 15 to 17. John chapter 21 from verse 15 to 17. Now, this text I consider to be one of the most emotional texts in the entire Bible. Number one, because... Number one, because this was the first time... Jesus was going to be speaking to Peter after Peter betrayed him. <laughs> I mean, that makes it emotional enough. And number two, Jesus had just risen from the dead. And Jesus was going to ascend. And so whatever it is, he is telling the leader amongst the leaders, that is Peter, must be very important. Just the same way if you were leaving a country or leaving a company, your last words will be your most important. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? So this is very important and very emotional. And the Bible says, after breakfast, breakfast has different meanings these days. And both definitions apply for Peter, but no problem. If you catch it, you catch it. If you don't get it, forget about it. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? So now what he's talking about is a matter of love. Do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. The Bible says Peter was hurt. That Jesus asked the question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Listen, anyone who is married or has any relationship that is important can relate to this. Because there are some things that you don't really care about much. But you must care about because your spouse cares about it. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Looks like there are a lot of single people here today. Some of you know what it means to watch football, not because you love it, but because by marriage, you are adopted into fanhood or fandom. <laughs> you know, so now he's appealing to the love that Peter claims he has. Do you love me? Well, if you do, this is something that I require of you. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Meaning, in and of yourself, you might not be interested in sheep. You might not be interested in lamb, but do it for love. Do it for love. Can you nudge the person by your side gently? Say, do it for love. Nudge someone else. Say, do it for love. Now, why am I starting with this? Because, you see... Not many people see the importance of what we're doing here today. You know, some people have asked me, why plant another church? Some have even asked, instead of planting churches, let's build factories. I'm like, hey, care, you know, build factory now. Everyone has different callings. Some have said things like, well, why can't I just stream online? Some have said things like, do I have to go to church regularly? Do I need a pastor? And there is one simple approach to answering all these questions. This Jesus that you claim to love, the love of your life, your Lord and Savior. Church is a big deal for him. And from that text, two things can be established. Number one, corporate worship. And number two, spiritual leadership. He talks about my sheep. which is a metaphor for reverent, obedient, loyal, and committed people gathering together regularly. I take that again. Reverent, obedient, loyal, and committed people gathering together regularly. Just the same way sheep move together and have a leader he uses this metaphorically to give us an idea of how we ex expect the church to function. And he says, if you love me, you will do this. So, I'm here to tell you this morning, do it for love. You and I are not wiser than Christ. We may not even see the importance yet. But he says it is important. And so we must do it for love. We can't claim to love him and be indifferent about church. Did you hear what I just said? 
This text proves that you cannot claim to love Jesus Christ and be indifferent about church. You can't. It's just not possible. If you love me, it's conditional. Meaning, by the way you treat my church, I will know if you love me. It's, you can sing a thousand worship songs, roll on the floor and cry. But there are key factors that point and highlight your love. And this is one of them. So from the text, like I said, you see the importance of corporate worship. And by the way, some people will say the fact that I'm sheep does not mean I must belong to a local church. I'm a sheep, I'm a child of God anywhere. No, not true. The Greek word translated church, ecclesia, actually means gathering, called out gathering. Lysia means gathering, literally. So he's referring specifically to the gathering of people who claimed to be called out out of darkness. What we have in common must bring us together. Come on, did you hear what I said? What we have in common must bring us together regularly. And I want to talk about spiritual leadership also. You see, when we talk about things like this, the reason why it is even worth the discussion is because a lot of people have experienced what is called church hurt. Even the metaphor of church members being called sheep is something people are scared of. Because to be sheep means you, ha you have to be vulnerable. And some people are so guarded because of the hurt they've experienced in church and anywhere in life. You know, they just hate vulnerability because, you know, it, it, it makes them feel weak. But one thing is for sure, God never called his followers goats. <laughs> there, there is no child of God who is a goat. Praise the Lord. To follow Jesus, you have to be sheep. That means to follow Jesus will require humility. It will require gentleness. To follow Jesus means you have to be willing to take the instruction of his word. But some of us have allowed our hearts from, to hinder us from following God with our heart. Well, that has to stop. Say loud, amen. amen. When it comes to spiritual leadership, some people say, well, see what this pastor did in 1989. See what that pastor did in 2005. Why is it only concerning spiritual things you make decisions like that? The divorce rates keep getting higher, yet you still got married. Answer me now. <laughs> you didn't say, wow, the divorce rates are so high, I'm not getting married anymore. You didn't say that. You didn't say, after the sex for grades um, documentary, wow, you mean lecturers are doing this, I'm not going to school anymore. You didn't say that. Because you know that the fact that there are abuses doesn't mean that there, are, that there aren't people who are getting it right. You know that. 
And so if you've had church hurt, don't ditch church. Change church. I've said this time and again, and it's so important because God's idea has not changed. There is no such thing as an individual follower of Christ. You must belong to a body. And this is so important. Listen. Oh my God. I don't know where we got this idea. Even our personal encounters with the Holy Ghost, we, we call it personal. But God always plans for an assembly. And so at the advent of the Spirit, in preparation, Jesus required that they are in one accord. Don't be in your individual houses expecting personal encounters. No, come together. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. That was the promise. You don't tarry individually. You tarry together. That's God's mind. And because I love Jesus, I will never give up on church. Say loud, amen. amen. When you're married, imagine someone likes you but hates your wife. Can that relationship work? Can that friendship? It won't last. No matter how sincere it is. Someone likes you but hates or someone likes you but hates your children. Can it work? You can't love Jesus and hate his church. No matter how imperfect the church is. You know, that's why in the Bible, notice repeatedly the Bible said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto the saints, faith in the Lord Jesus must always be accompanied by love for the saints. If you love Jesus, you will love those who love him, or at least are trying to. If you love Jesus, you must love those who love him. No mature child of God will be comfortable alone. No assembly, no fellowship, it's wrong. Well, that's why we're here. That's why we won't stop planting churches. Because it's the will of God. Come on, say loud amen if you believe. Amen. Come on, say loud amen if you believe. Amen. And you see, why does it matter so much to the Lord? Because, you know, oh my God, it's a perspective issue. Where the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse then becomes inevitable. You know, there's something my wife tells our kids sometimes. When they just bite chicken and leave it. She tells them what every African mother says. Don't you know that there are some, some children who don't have food to eat? Have you heard that before? Don't waste your food because there are some children who don't have food to eat. And that applies when it comes to spiritual things. You see, because we receive some things in a platter, we don't really know what we have. We don't appreciate it. Because for you, it's cheap. From your natural standpoint, church is simple. Some people just come together, you know, they sing songs, and then um, a pastor preaches something I could have watched on YouTube. And then that's it. But the value of church is measured 
not by the ambience of the venue, not by the quality of the sound or the excellence of the delivery. It is measured by the price that was paid for it. Listen, Jesus shed his blood for church to be possible. Did you hear that? Jesus died for this. He died for this. I know there are all kinds of gatherings, all kinds of clubs in the world, Red Cross, Rotary Clubs, you know, a lot of good clubs. This is different. Someone died to make this possible, to make this possible. Someone died. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, shall not prevail against this. Meaning, it is upon my resurrection that church will be possible. The gates of the grave shall not prevail. So it's not casual. We're not here because somehow we had equipment, we could buy a microphone, we had speakers. We're here in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and giving him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's why we're here. Say loud amen if you believe. Amen. I want to share also three marks, uncommon marks of a local church. Three uncommon marks of a local church. I'm calling them uncommon because people don't really talk about it. In fact, the first two, even if they are the will of God, they are not always practical. I will tell you what I mean. It is one thing for it to be good and advisable. It's another thing for it to be practical. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Everybody read Acts chapter 2, verse 46 together. One, two, go. Come on, are you in church today? Read Acts 2, 46 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Listen, the first mark of a local church, I'm calling it an uncommon mark, is proximity. Did you hear what I said? Listen, God wants your fellowship to be as close to your house as possible. I can, I can preach a whole sermon on why that is important. In fact, driving to this place this morning. I appreciated every one of you who had been coming all the way from here to our Ikeja branch all this while. You, you are the real MVPs. Well done. God bless you. In fact, it reiterated the importance of this branch being planted. 
Because you see, one thing that love for Jesus and love for the saints does for you is that it gives you accountability. And when church is too far from your house, some, there is a purpose that is defeated. A purpose that is defeated. So now, after church, they could go from house to house, break bread, meaning the fellowship didn't stop after they shared the grace. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Like I said, that, that, that doesn't mean every church who doesn't have multi-sites, you know, is not in the will of God. Venues are expensive. <laughs> in Lagos, venues are very expensive. So it may not always be practical, but this is the will of God. That you shouldn't have to journey too far to fellowship with the brethren. That's why we're here. Come on, say loud amen, somebody. And then the next is connected to it. Out of church fellowship. Out of church fellowship. Like I said, it may not always be practical. Just because you saw someone here in church does not mean you should open your doors to your house to the person. You know, there was someone. He came to church, you know, years ago. And uh, I know, of course, I knew he had a past, but, you know, we preach a message of love and forgiveness and all of that. I chose to see the best in him, give him a chance, uh, you know. And so he went for choir rehearsal. Because even if he was into secular music, he, he wanted to explore singing for Jesus and all of that. The first rehearsal, first, 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 he stole something from one of the choristers. Stole something. You know, and someone who had been calling, you know, wasn't picking calls anymore. You know, you see, so now, these are some of the things that make people want to hide into their shell and all of that. But I want to reiterate one more time. There is no other way to do church. Now, you're going to be smarter, but you must still make sure that you still have that heart that is open and loving. Say loud, amen. Amen. So general rules of relationship apply. Anyone who has, who has access into your space, pass some tests. Come on, isn't that true? And so the same rules apply. But you must have people in your space who share your faith. And that's one thing that this church is here to do for you. That when you come regularly, you will know at least 10 people in this vicinity who believe what you believe. I can't tell you how big a blessing that is. One day you will need it. I'm inspired by the story of that man and his friends. You know, some, there might be a day you don't even have enough faith for yourself. And these guys could carry him. He couldn't carry himself. He was lame. They carried him to Jesus. And there was no space through the entrance. So they climbed the roof. Tore the roof and, you know, hoisted him down. A time will come. You might not even have enough faith for yourself. Who do you have around you that can pray for you? That can insist in the will of God for your life? Who do you have? Some of you have networks for everything else. 
If you have a fix in your career, you know who to call. If you have a fix in any other aspect of your life, you know who to call. But who can pray with you? Oh my God, church is so important. Church is so powerful. You know, I was preaching sometime in March. I think I've shared this testimony before. And I saw a vision that a lady brought her friend, you know, to church. Her friend had been sick. So I gave the word of knowledge. I said, there's someone here. You brought your friend who had been sick. Come forward. So she came forward with her friend, you know. And this friend had seizures, I think, three times a week. I prayed for that lady. She fell under the power. From that day till now, not one seizure. So now, I'm looking at her friend and I'm like, only God can thank you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a type of friendship that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy that. That's more than someone giving you a car. Just like that. Now, the person I prayed for, doesn't really believe her. They just dragged her to church. You know, they, you could see she was not lackadaisical. She just came forward, you know. I prayed for her and that was it. And I'm like, wow. I pray that you won't be so poor that all you will have will be money. May God give you something more than gold. A faith in him that is more than gold. And friends in him more than gold. Amen. Say loud amen. amen. Come on, I said say loud amen. amen. Hallelujah. And then... The third reason <laughs> for fellowship that people hardly talk about, and the Lord has led me to emphasize it, you know, in this season. So I've been preaching on it for a while. Are you ready for this? Listen, we know this text, but we, we don't really understand how important and powerful it is. It says, one shall chase how many? And two shall do what? 10,000 to flight. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listen, this tells you something about the power of God. There is something about the power of God that has a multiplier effect when we come together. I'm telling you. In mathematics, when we come together, one plus one is two. Or at best, two times two is four. But if one chases a thousand, and two will not just put 10,000, not just chase 10,000, but will put 10,000 to flight, that means we are exponentially better together. One of the greatest secrets of power in the church is unity. Please, are you listening to me? Listen, no matter the anointing on your life, 
If you learn to tap into what I'm sharing with you, you will see more power in your life. The power of agreement. The power of corporate prayer. As an individual, no matter how powerful you are, if you learn the importance of church, when the church comes together and says, this thing must end. When the church comes together and says, no more. Listen, this is why the devil is attacking church so much. This is why the devil is trying to sell the lie that church is not as important. He knows this. He knows. Years ago, I was just going about my business and the Lord spoke to me almost as clearly as you're hearing me now. And he said, mention all the places in the Bible where people prayed together. And I began to think. I come through the Old Testament, enter the New Testament in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. In Acts chapter 4, they prayed together, you know, in Acts chapter 13. And he said, what do all those stories have in common? And I said, something extraordinary happened every time people prayed together. And then the Lord stopped talking. I knew what he was saying. It never dawned on me that in the Bible, every time people prayed together, something very miraculous happened. Every time. As you're sitting there, you can think through now all the examples you can come up with. Acts 12, Acts 4, Acts 2. Every time. There is tremendous power in corporate prayer. Are, are you listening to me? Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. When you gather people together, especially people who are all filled with the Spirit, and they begin to fire. <laughs> Listen to me. Oh my God. The Bible gives you an assurance. He says, the heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in his walking. Come on, are you with me? So in Acts 2, they were in the upper room. And as they prayed, suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the room where they were. Cloven tongues as of fire sat on the head of everyone. They began to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 4, as they were praying, suddenly, there was like an earthquake. The place where they were shook, and they were filled with boldness. In Acts chapter 12, as they prayed for Peter, Right there in Peter's prison cell, an angel showed up. The chains fell off his hands, fetters off his leg, and every prison door opened. He walked out. He literally walked out to the same house where they were praying and knocked on the door. Acts chapter 13, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work wherein to have called them. There is no biblical example of corporate prayer without corporate power. 
Say that with me. Say corporate prayer and corporate power. Say corporate prayer. Say corporate power. Say it again. Say corporate prayer. Corporate power. Oh my God. And I can unpack this in so many ways. You see, why is corporate prayer powerful? Why is our fellowship powerful? Because miracles have a ripple effect. That's, that's number one. Miracles have a ripple effect. Oh my God. This is one of the biggest strategies of the kingdom. Please listen to me. Come on, are you ready for this? When we gather together, it opens up spiritual possibility in your life. You will never understand the importance of seeing God walk in someone else's life. Let me start from the simple examples. Have you ever come to church before? You didn't feel like praying. You didn't even feel close to God. And then you heard the person by your side pray. And you were challenged. And you, you just told yourself secretly, or you never told anybody. But you were like, I want what that person has. You just, it, it was like a personal rebuke. How can I be so unserious with my work with God? See my mates, see my mates. That's what it does. It has a ripple effect. And then just then, you had been trusting for the gift of tongues. Maybe or you never really paid attention to it. Then you come to a gathering and you see everybody. You're like, wow, no. <laughs> I can't remain like this. It has a ripple effect. Or you had been trusting for a miracle and you started giving up. Maybe it may not happen. Maybe, you know, whatever. Am I even sure God does it? And before your eyes, someone who had an issue comes out of it by the power of God. Listen, that is more powerful than a thousand sermons. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? More powerful than a thousand sermons. Ripple effect. That's another thing the gathering does for us. God strengthens the weak by the strong in the same assembly. It's the strategy of God. That those who are strong ought to strengthen the weak and not to please themselves. And that the things which were written aforetime were written for our comfort so that we through the patience and comfort of scriptures may have hope. God uses others to give you hope. So you may be a powerful man of God without an assembly but you won't have as many examples because by God's design there are some things you will only get when you see it at work in others. It's just the way God is. It's just the way God is. Come on, say loud amen if you believe. Amen. And then 
when you see it, oh my God. It's just the same way a remote works, a remote control. The remote control is in your hand. You point it at the TV. You press a button on the remote and the TV responds. There is a kind of ignition for spiritual gifts that people don't know of. When you see spiritual gifts working in someone else, it's an ignition in your life. A very powerful ignition. It stirs you up. If you want to prophesy, it is okay to read 10 books on prophecy. But the day you witness someone give a spot-on prophecy in front of you, your life will never be the same again. <laughs> your life will never be the same again. It's, it's different. When you are in a boat about to sink, and then you just look, and on that same boisterous, windy situation, you see someone walking calmly. <laughs> walking. Let me tell you something. If you were walking on water on a day that it was not boisterous, it's still a big miracle. Just for context. But now people are screaming. They are about, the boat is about to sink. They are screaming for their lives. And in that same situation, what is troubling others? Someone is just walking casually. 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 Walking on water. Walking on water. Uh -uh. It does something to you. That this same life that has been difficult for you, maybe this same Christian journey, you see someone else coursing through it majestically. It sparks something in you. You want to join the person. And like Peter, you call out and say, Jesus, if it is you, ask me to come and join you. And Jesus never says no. If it is an avenue for you to grow, he never says no. Jesus says, come. Jesus is so selfless. The record for first man to walk on water lasted only a few seconds. That's how selfless he is. He didn't say, wait, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> as soon as he walked on water, someone else did it too. Such is the kingdom. Come on, such is the kingdom. Come on, such is the kingdom. You know, two of our pastors, Pastor Mayor and Pastor Mike, had been mentoring them since school. And we were all student leaders in school. So there was this week-long program we were supposed to have. I was supposed to preach the first day, one of them the next day, and the other person the third day. I'm saying, I'm saying it this way because I don't know the exact order. And so the first day, by the grace of God, something I don't think had been done before. We had about 110 instant miracles. Crazy miracles. Crazy. In fact, there was someone who had her mom in Kenya who was blind. And, you know, I gave a word of knowledge. 
the next morning, one of her eyes popped open. I said, I owe it to you to tell you the way it happened. So it was one, not two. And if you say, why was it one? You open two. <laughs> and I will take notes. <laughs> yeah, but I try not to exaggerate testimonies. It was one. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was an old woman. So maybe God just said, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So a lot of crazy miracles happened. And you know, this my people were stirred. I know you've been teaching us these things, but we've seen it, it, it works. So the next day, the next of them, I think it was Mike who preached next, you know. So many instant testimonies also. And then the next day also, so many instant testimonies, Pastor Mike, you know. And just like that, a new trend started in the school. Come on, are you listening to me? Such is the kingdom. When you see it, 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 this is how it works. Oh my God, are you ready for this? It might not have dawned on you that the mantle drops when you see. Just, 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 the person you are following, just see him caught up. Just see him caught up. My father, my father. Just discern him properly. That's all. Just see him cut up. Your life will never be the same again. That's what God wants to do for you. As a round off, I'm just going to share, you know, a very simple story that you know of. There's a popular saying in Israel. Is Saul also amongst the prophets? And how did that saying come to be? Because Saul found himself in the company of prophets and began to prophesy. He didn't read a book about it. He didn't even pray for it. You know, one of my first encounters with prophecy was accidental. It was accidental. Someone came to me and said, this was years ago, have you heard of... This great man of God, he's so prophetic. And he brought his laptop and started playing videos. And I was like, wow, this this is really spot on. And I was just watching. I didn't know anything was changing in my life. But after watching all the videos, about 15 of them, I stepped out of the room. The first person I saw, I saw a screen on his stomach. Sorry. <laughs> I know it sounds strange. I saw a screen on his stomach, and everything that was happening in his family, I was seeing there. I said, your mom is a prayer warrior, but your first brother is wayward. His jaw hit the floor. It's like, what is this? And I said, the Lord said to tell your mom this, 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 that. And he was shocked. I was shocked too. <laughs> but of course, I won't show it now, you know. I have to show, you know. (laughs) This was 2010, so excuse me. (laughs) You know, so it was after he went. I was like, what was that? Yeah. (laughs) Glory to God. God has brought you to a company of favor and miracles. 
So I want you to appreciate fellowship first and foremost. Because this is koinonia in Christ. You have something in common. You believe in Jesus. He shed his blood for you. And then secondly, anywhere the name of Jesus is honored, miracles happen. Come on, are you ready now? Stand to your feet. Demons tremble at your presence. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.